record. <laughs> Carol, is that you? <laughs> oh, is that a thing he does? Oh yeah, all the time. All, all the, the time. time. Do you remember <laughs> the second episode of this that he was on? He was just like... <laughs> oh, on an almost I think that, basis. that was the only thing he did in the entire episode. He definitely didn't talk about anything else. Well, he was instantly dropped. Ah, oh, no, he wasn't dropped. I'm only joking. <laughs> it stuff happened. He moved to America. This is our friend we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He did. It, yeah. It's definitely the country that was... The country move that was the issue. Nothing got to do with the... <laughs> this is all getting left in. Uh, welcome, everybody, to episode 30, I believe. Mm. Which is episode five of season two of or I understood that reference our podcast. Mm. Am I right about that, Rob? I I well, I don't know. I'm just letting you do that part. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> it's too complex. I can only do so much when I'm recording. Um no, and... do the same amount as I can for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> and by that I mean I can literally talk. Once I start even thinking about something else or I start moving Particularly if I move my left hand too much, I start forgetting about what I'm talking about. What are we talking about? That's very specific. <laughs> uh, basically, we're welcoming people to our episode, and this is, as usual, how we do it. Yeah. Rob, my friend, how are you, and how have you been? Uh, I'm doing well. I have been in quarantine still, like the rest of the world. But yeah, uh, surviving. Um, we've actually, uh, thanks to your uh, your own uh, creativity, we've been breaking up the isolation with some virtual bingo, I might get to that later. But uh, you're building, a, you're building an audience. There's a new game show that's going to come out of this. Whether we successfully template it and and sell it, uh, that's one thing. But it's definitely going to be a big thing. Virtual bingo. Ross gets dressed up in costume, and that's just a normal Sunday for him. We just join in on the call. <laughs> yeah, the costume has nothing to do with the bingo. I, <laughs> yeah, I like exactly. to highlight that. I think we just caught you unawares. You forgot you were doing the the, the hosting. And you're like ah. Well, I'm wearing it now. I'll leave it on. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's funny you said the bingo because I actually put out on Twitter to see if anybody uh, kind of in the Twitter sphere mm-hmm. would be interested in us doing movie quote bingo. Yes. And a uh, little, little, little poll. 91% said hell yes and 9% said no. You can tell it's honest because 9% of people said no, which means it wasn't just us spamming the yes button or anything. But that's interesting. Uh, yeah, that is. I mean, that's, that's a significant percentage in favor of. But tell me this. How many people did... <laughs> Good God. That was the third option, and thankfully only one person did who was And it was me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's interesting. I think, yeah, well, I, I think there's the, the mechanics of how it would work um, online would still have to be kind of, I guess, sussed out. But uh, we've certainly um, stress tested it as a, as a game show with our friends and our family. So uh, I'm looking to see how uh, it develops. That's for stress sure. being the operative word because I was quite stressed doing some of it. Mm. But here's the thing: I have, I have ideas. I have ideas in mind, which is all I'll say. Oh, congratulations! Hopefully, these ideas will pan out and it'll all work swimmingly. That's not a hint, and it's nothing to do with the water. But there you go. Too much water. That's my review. That's here. IGN review. IGN right, review. Rob, we have absolutely loads to cover. I think today, we do, probably, even though it is a quarantine. So let's rock on into this episode and go shout. Get your first thing. What do you want to talk about? Uh. Uh, oh, so here's here's what I just saw today, fresh off the hot presses. I mean, a lot of a lot of video game focused stuff. I want to I want to address this week, and right off the bat, can we talk about the fact that they have re- they've announced a remaster 
for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. That's right, baby. The PS1 classics are on the way back. You'll be skating, you'll be slipping and sliding, but in next-gen graphics. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? Is this is this a remaster or a remake or are they just re- like are they making the whole I, games again? Is this? Uh, is it a remaster or a remake? Okay, so that's a great question and an important detail that we we can dive into here. This is kind of where I think we this extends nicely for what we were talking about last week about just this is the generation of remakes. But this game came out on the PlayStation One in 1999, the first Tony Hawk, and now, uh, what, 20 years later plus. They're saying they're remastering it. This is clearly not the original code that they're rejigging. This is not the, the core game that they're just just giving a bit of a you know a, a face mask and just a rewash and re- repurposing it a la Age of Empires or Crash Bandicoot or Spyro. This has to be built from the ground up from scratch because that game is too old to have aged well to remaster properly. So like what like what is this? This is what I'm thinking it is. It's just using nostalgia and like you know positive associations to actually pedal and drive sales for a brand new property. So they're just using the name, but not the original game. Use the name, not the game. Thoughts? <laughs> I feel like I feel like we we talked about this exact thing like Did two we? weeks ago. I think I think the name I, I of think, your product. I think we talked about this sooner than two weeks ago. More recently. <laughs> well, well, that's yeah. I was wondering were you going to say that. Also, do you say it was released in nineteen ninety? Yeah, the first one was. Jesus, I am so old. I was like thirty back then. So what am I now like? <laughs> The, the disclaimer I was not 30 back then okay, uh, you're close enough absolutely you were close enough I was old enough to be growing out of these kind of extreme burnout SSX type yeah, yeah. games oh yeah, I mean like I, we, we were kind of saying we've always talked about how the beauty of the older games was just this pick up and play they're like two or three minute matches you fly through the beauty of Tony Hawk back in the day was that you just jump in with your mates and then it was just about it's just free roam in a big skate park it's like how many points you can get and then to mix things up you could bring in the classic cheats you'd open up your cheat book you could play with all that and it just added another lens to the game like that was part of playing it was playing with your mates whereas now all these type of games had like little little like lines at the bottom of the screen that would say the name of a trick or whatever. So Burnout had it, SSX had it, Tony Hawk had it. They all ostensibly had the same music. The Offspring was probably in yeah. all of them. My Chemical Romance were there. <laughs> Who's what's the crowd that sings uh, "Heaven Is a Halfpipe"? Who is that? Got yet? <laughs> Who is it? That, that's a great song. Look, at least in heaven I can skate. Um, and if I die before I wake, or is that the first line? I'm not sure. But either way. Like, I think what I was interested in is like, well, I, I just breezed past that. I was like, I don't remember. The, is it EMC, EMC? Is it EMC? No, who cares? Who cares? Just just thinking about that song again is funny. God, is please put it in in the edit. Just mute. Every, just completely drown out all the shite that I'm talking and just play over me unapologetically. If I die before I wake, at least in heaven I can skate. We lost like 10 minutes of an episode and I don't even care anymore because that Heaven is a Half Pipe wasn't said in that so, 10 minutes. And it's so it's been, been a godsend. Now. This is the better recording. <laughs> some, some 41, they're in there as well. But yeah, I was thinking like, what's the trajectory of those games like, for example? Like, is it like a good lens of like how other games of that genre have progressed and changed just because of the demands or what they felt was like marketable for each generation of console? It's like you have... Tony Hawk and the PS1, PS2 was all about these just pure fun, very cartoony, very arcadey, lacking in polish, but the gameplay was solid, right? Then you get to the PS3 genre where it's all about slick graphics, 
uh, you know, flowing liquids, sexy lighting, mountainsides, jazz, all that good stuff. So they, so EA tried to rebrand their skating genre with a game called Skate, very innovative, and quite literally you had to pull off like Mortal Kombat, Tekken style button combos just to pull off an ollie. So like, immediately complex and immediately unplayable by comparison. So maybe they're just like... Was Skate, so how new is Skate? skate? Oh, Skate is like 2007 or 2008. So like, you know, maybe 10 years after the the, the, the Hawk announce. Because I know there was there was a skating game, and it could be Skate, where because all the big names like Bam Magrera and all that were like attached oh, to Tony yeah. Hawk's, they just had to go... Right, let's just get, let's just put like solid snake in it and like the guy from Silent Hill Pyramid Head and stuff. So it is true in these random other video game characters because they couldn't actually use any real. Yeah, names. I, I I don't know. Like it, it's it's like we've come full circle because the by going by trying to be aggressively real and complicated with that you know that that generation for the PS3, it blended the PS4 you know Xbox One generation a bit. You know that those games lost their kind of interest and in their mass audiences because people were like, "This is too much of an." <laughs> I have to actually learn how to skate to play this fucking game. I don't know. I can't. I can't play it otherwise. Then you've kind of got this resurgence of like mini games and like indie games to like help kind of curb all the AAA kind of uh, behemoths that we have to deal with these days. Like if you didn't think the difference of just taking out your your like a PS One or a GameCube or a Dreamcast and playing like a game like Tony Hawk versus now the mental commitment of tackling an episode, just one mode or one round of Warzone in Call of Duty. It's just, it's just, you know, far and away a different thing. So I think what they're doing is like, oh, we're just going to bring back a fun game. This isn't a new property. Don't worry about that. Well, it's, okay, it actually is a new property, but don't worry about that. We put a new, we put a good old familiar old title on it. So you're, you're going to buy it in droves. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. It's like, so, you know, a crazy taxi back in the Dreamcast. Again, one of those extreme type games, which, you know, some 41 and the offspring and the music and <laughs> Very stuff important. Like that. Well, in the modern world, then when the modern world, it'll be, it won't be crazy taxi. It'll be like manic depressive taxi and you'll actually be living out the life of the taxi driver and what he does after work. <laughs> that would be the whole it's game. Like, exactly. It's like that, you know that episode of Rick and Morty where he does, he plays, the, it's the life of Ben or something. He plays your man. Is And he, like, it's all about the monotony of his life. Like you play, you feel like you've played it for 70 years. He's just like, there's a great line about how monotonous it is. Like, after you beat cancer, you went back to the carpet store. It's like that level of... <laughs> yes, you went back, yeah. <laughs> it's that level of monotony. You know, in the Rick, in the VR, the Rick and Morty VR game, you can play that... Roy, it's called Roy. You can play no that way. game where you, you have to live out a life. <laughs> and you, and like, you can die in different ways. And most of the time, it's like you're 75 and you've died of workplace stress. <laughs> and it's like... Oh, it's, it's too on the nose. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, I think that's that's kind of what I'm getting at here. Without to keep dwelling on the skating, but it's more the, the genre in general about all these remasters that we're talking about: the Resident Evils, the Age of Empires, Spyro, Crash. You know, they they're putting a new skin on them, or so we think. But really, they're building a brand new game from the ground up based on a template of the old one. But really, they're just using that old name, that old brand to peddle the sales. Using that, they're they're pushing that little nostalgia button. They're like, "Hey guys, remember me? It's me. It's a little nostalgia. I'm knocking on your door." <laughs> I got a skateboard this time. <laughs> you loved me once. Can't you love me again? <laughs> Too close to home. Too close to home, that one. But it's funny because uh, because like a lot of people, a lot of my friends and groups and stuff who wouldn't even be big gamers are all like, Tony Hawk's 1 and 2, Tony Hawk's 1 and 2 come back. And I'm like, wow, it really does work. Oh, yeah, yeah. It? Like it really... That's how they get you. But like... That's how well, they I... get you, man. That's how they get... Will you uh... be getting it? I'm going to... 
That's yeah. a yes. Look, you're, you're a bastard. You're I'm, as bad I'm, as I'm part of the problem. I'm like, I'm my hand up. Look, both hands up. I'm part of the problem here. I mean, I, I can, I can sit, I can satirize it all I want, but I will absolutely bite. That's the problem here. Yeah, and, and I and I withhold my right to satirize it yeah. <laughs> as long as I want. But again, I, I will be the first mm. in the queue. Yeah, and I mean, I think to finish off this, to write this, wrap this topic of gaming, kind of you know where it's going up in a bow. I had mentioned this previously in the past, but just to shock the audience, um, you're familiar with the game Animal Crossing New Horizons. That game has taken on such a, a second life, such a cult following that now there are full time professionals who uh, work as graphic designers and interior designers for your home in the game not for your real life your not your not your human crossing your your animal crossing they'll charge you 40 quid an hour to go in and digitally manipulate and like rearrange the furniture and get you the bits you want <laughs> you can't say the words digitally manipulate anymore oh, sorry not, it's, it's, not, it's not 2020 i can't say that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh god God, 40 quid. An hour. 40 quid for somebody to come into your yeah, game. They, I, I presume you just handle the controller for a while and they just like, I'm not sure if you played that game, but it's not complicated. You do a bit of fishing, you you move your chair around. That's basically the gameplay. How much is that game? Because if you're spending 40 quid, surely you could just buy the game again and restart it <laughs> or just restart it anyway. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Like surely in life you pay interior designers because you don't have the time nor skill to do it. I think that's the point though. <laughs> I think people don't have, they have all the stuff they want, but they don't know how to use it. They're like, I have all these chairs, but I don't know how to make them work in my little house. That's all the feng shui of it, is it? Yeah. Now, Rob, I do warn you, you know, saying bad things about Animal Crossing is probably going to get us put on some kind of hit list. Look, I haven't played it. So, you know, to target your hate mail at Rob because I haven't played it, I it's supposed to be great. I don't oh, know. come at me. But my God. I'll invite you to my little island, my little Animal Crossing island. We'll fight there. We'll fight with swordfish and salmon. Fishing is a big part of the game. Did I mention that? Okay. okay. <laughs> Just throwing salmons at people. All right. <laughs> salmon. Salmonella. That's an Irish joke that only Irish people will get. But I like it. Uh, ah, well, there we go. We are <laughs> caught back up again. How are you feeling? <laughs> Fucking hell, we got there in the end. These two beers are keeping me keeping me nice and warm. Oh, I'm about I'm about, I'm about to whip out a dutty here. Just you wait. Oh, jeez, that's the name of the beer. I have a whiplash. He has a dutty. So that's make it out what you will. Right, I'm going to move on to the next segment. We can go back to more news and stuff in a bit. Okay. But this is a brand new segment. I have not told Rob what oh, this is or fantastic. about it, and I'm just going to land it on him right now because yes. yet again, oh, land it on me. Why not have a new segment? Because <laughs> so this segment. <laughs> Is going to be called Rob. This is your life. <laughs> now, that's that's this, it. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Okay, great. I agree. Yeah. So, Rob, this isn't actually about any of your your past misdemeanors coming back to haunt you again. Oh. But God. this is actually going to be about you. Remember, in a past life, before yeah. I worked with you. Back in the day, uh-huh. um, I actually did psychology in college and I, I graduated and all that. So, you know, I have I have psychology background and stuff. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to use this lockdown period to, to get a good picture of, of what kind of man you are. Oh, And I'm dear. going to do this the best and most traditional way there is. Dear me. By asking you random BuzzFeed quizzes of what kind of superhero and what kind of transformer and stuff you are. <laughs> so each episode, I'm going to ask you a different one. How do you feel about that? <laughs> relieved <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i was i thought i was i thought you were gonna like start 
<laughs> showing me like Rorschach uh, screen grabs on like the camera, and I feel like you're like, okay, <laughs> what a great idea for a podcast that would be. <laughs> what shape do you see now? Yeah, and now, okay, so Rob, the first one because you know you got to start off, you got to start off right. The first one, Buzzfeed, I think, should pay me at this stage. Anyway, is which superhero okay. are you? Okay, great. This is okay, this is nice. This is entry level. I can get on board with this. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, ten questions, fairly rapid. Yeah. So I'm going to come at you fairly quickly. People, I'll put the link up so people can do it as well to find out if they're in any way like Rob's personality. Um, and when I get them all together, when I get a few of them, maybe what superhero, what transformer, what sitcom, blah blah blah. I'll put them together and see if I can I can form a profile. If I can profile Rob, one might say. I'm excited. I hope everybody else is as excited as I am. It's going to be great. Okay, Rob. So, yes. question Hello. one. Which club did you want to lead in high school? Your options are the <laughs> AV club, the drama club, the 4-H club, the student council, speech and debate, fashion club, art club, community service, or the future <laughs> business leaders of America. <laughs> I'll just say Ireland. Uh, AV club? What is that? like the TVs and stuff. Audiovisual, isn't it? That's what I was assuming. Yeah, that's, oh, that's what I meant by TV. I should have pieced that together. What's the four H? What's the four H club? I don't know Hooters, the Whores, Hops, and <laughs> Houses. Oh my God! <laughs> Give me that one. <laughs> All right, four H club it is. Four Hs. I really hope that that doesn't mean something like like, like awful that I'm going to feel very bad. So on. you're telling me the first two Hs that came to mind for you above anything were was first Hooters and then Whores. <laughs> Listen, Rob, and it doesn't even give an age. Listen, Rob, we can edit this. This audio file can also be lost very easily if you want it. Okay. Oh God, that's amazing. Okay. Question two: What is oh. your biggest weakness? You're oh. too sensitive. You love too hard. You need too much control. You love attention. You rely on others too much. You're too big picture. You try to do too much. Your ego, or you're too trusting. That's without that's T R U S T I N G, not not anything else. You filthy mongrel. Sorry, <laughs> Hoosiers and thrusting is what you're trying to get out of me here. Gotcha. Um, I I go with, uh, I just go with too much control. I I want too much control. Fair enough. This is funny. Which Leonardo DiCaprio will you save? Uh, Inception, Leonardo DiCaprio. The Departed, Leonardo DiCaprio. What's eating Gilbert Grape, Leonardo DiCaprio? Man, Darren Mask. Romeo and Juliet, Titanic, The Aviator, The Basketball Diaries, or an Oscarless Leo? Um, the Departed Leo. We watched that recently, and I he's a tragic case. He needs saving. Right. How do you usually laugh on the internet? A capital LOL, a small LOL. LOL, 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 LOL. Ha? Ha, ha, ha. He, he. He. Lulls. Or I don't laugh. Just straight up ca- all caps lol. Probably the most common one. Fair enough. Uh, teachers would describe you as, Jesus Christ, flexible, pr- oh, passionate. Whoa. What am I doing with the teachers? <laughs> determined, easy to get along with, empathetic, a big dreamer, too obsessed at work, diplomatic, or hilarious. Um, easy to get along with. Okay. What What's your favorite type of, of French fry? Just give me one. Name a French um, fry you like. Spicy. Done. Was that an option? Well, it was close enough. What is the worst <laughs> thing you've ever lied about? 
Uh, being sick, liking someone's claws, telling someone you listened when you aren't, seeing a movie you haven't actually seen, being five minutes away, or liking someone's cooking. Uh, oh, being five minutes away, I'm terrible at that. That's oh, you <laughs> and me, both, friend. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm just around the corner, two hours away, really. In fact, I haven't even left the house. With me specifically, like we were doing that bingo thing for like two or three weeks there to practice. Every time, Rob, I'm on in five minutes. Like. 25 minutes later, Rob might show up. (laughs) It's very bad. It's a problem. Which sitcom would you best fit into? Seinfeld, The Simpsons, Modern Family, Community, Parks and Rec, 30 Rock, Friends, The US Office, or How I Met Your Mother? Oh, I mean, I would just slot in and I would replace Adam Scott in Parks and Rec. Boom, you're damn right you would. And last question... Oh, good Lord. Uh, what's a beautiful word? I'm just going to read out, but I'm going to read three of them because the rest are too awful. Uh, Labyrinthine, Haley Son, P- or Penumbra? Uh, Halcyon, please. Oh, sorry, one more. And I'm just going to ask you this question. What is your cure for a hangover? Um, Like, do you sleep or just eat or whatever? Oh, I just sleep it out. All right. Oh, you you got to be kidding me here. <laughs> What? So Rob, you're a superhero. Oh dear. I'll 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 read out the the, the description first. Yes, yes, just to do it that way for sure. You believe you're not in, if not a good neighbor. In high school, you were the type of person who would offer to help someone clean up their front yard after the cool kids TP'd it, because you were just that kind. Politeness is your jam, and why wouldn't it be? You know that people respect those who give respect. Oh wow. You got. Captain America. Yeah, you're. Look at the screen. You can see it. That is so perfect. What a what a what a successful start to the segment. That's unbelievable. (laughs) I'm shocked. So you're telling me Captain America likes the word halcyon. Ah, wow. I had a good feeling about that. And he sleeps through his hangovers. He can't get hungover, which is interesting. So he's just sleeping. Jesus, think people are gonna think that's set up. That was not set up. I was ho- I I did it earlier, and I got fucking Darkwing Duck. So <laughs> you are kidding me. Yeah, I mean that's just how that works, apparently. Oh, that's way too perfect. I actually can see you as like, oh my god, Halloween costume for you sorted this year in it well in advance. If if there is a Halloween this year, but yeah, sure, Darkwing Duck. That's what I'm going for. Darkwing fuck more like it. Right, well, so that's part one of Rob. This is your life, where I try to figure out who Rob is through superheroes, TV characters, and whatever else I can find on BuzzFeed. Oh wow! So what we're going to try to—you're trying to—you're trying to paint a psychological picture of me based on these answers. So the first sort of part of that puzzle is my Captain America-ism. That's the, the, that aspect. ludicrous. You—you're just be my... so happy right now. <laughs> I'm man. I'm actually pumped. I'm supping away in my dutty here. I'm delighted with it. <laughs> All right, Cap. What's what's next? Um, I can't believe that. Uh, <laughs> um, do you know what? Speaking of Cap, actually, maybe we should address this very quickly about just the shift from 2019 to 2020. So, literally around this week or last, you know, this time or maybe maybe just after we recorded last time's episode, it, we hit uh, a year of Avengers Endgame. Did we did we address that? Last we week? did not actually. No. Which is phenomenal. Does it feel like it was a year ago when that movie came Jeez, out? Jeez, I remember when I went to see it first. It actually it doesn't. But also, interestingly, because we obviously talked about it on this show before it was released and after. So that does not seem yeah. like a year ago. That is absolutely crazy. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's like that. That news kind of creeped crept up on me. Like the results of, I think lots of the cast were doing kind of live streams and sort of fun stuff to kind of you know remotely obviously to try and you know jazz a bit of energy behind it again and kind of remind people, hey, remember when the movie business was really successful and people would go to the cinema? Well, this is the biggest one ever to do that. <laughs> we had all the money in the world. Yeah, and then we gave it to Disney. <laughs> so great. Um, Robert Downey Jr. actually did a live stream, didn't he? When he talked about uh, Avengers Endgame? Recently? Oh, I'm not sure. I, I know Tom Holland did a pub quiz. I meant to do that, but I ugh, I didn't in the end. Did you do it? Uh, a reminder came up on my phone and I was sitting on the couch and I went, oh my God, fuck that. I'm not going, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going near that right now. I've got a cup of tea in my hand. I'm not disrupting this Zen setup. Seems fair. But I mean, I think that... I, so here's the thing. I tried to do one of those online quizzes with um, hmm. Joe Rooney. Do you know the guy who plays? He's Father Ted. He uh, Father Demo is the character he plays, which is Dougal's friend who likes Blur. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The guy, the cool, the cool, the cool the priest. The cool priest, yes, it? yes. He was yeah. dressed as Father Demo. He had, like, the priest outfit on. It was awful. I had to leave after 20 minutes. Oh, wow. You couldn't, you couldn't stand couldn't it? Couldn't stand it. Wow. God, that's shocking. God, that show is fantastic. That show is so good. Someone said something the other day, and it immediately reminded me of the Blue Jumper clip. So basically, Sister Assumpta, Sister Assumpta arrives. And they're like, do you remember Sister Assumpta? Remember? You got hit by the car. Then you got arrested. And, the, and then the police station, you went on fire. And then you got carried by a helicopter. Then you fell out of the helicopter. <laughs> and he's just hardly handling and playing it to a T, just nodding his head. And then with a last-ditch attempt, he's just like, you're wearing your blue dumper. Ah, father, sister, something. How you getting on? I was like, the, there's something about, I think I've said this before, <clears throat> the guy who writes it, he just has a knack for creating kind of bits that become just part of like Irish kind of phrases. You know, like turning it off and on again from the IT crowd. Um, oh, the thing about Arsenal is, is that I always try and walk it in. Like, yes. Specific, but yeah, like, you know, that kind of thing. He's just got a knack to just, what's his name? I Graham Linehan. Graham Linehan. Unfollow on unfollow him on Twitter. He's no, a I was, about, I was just about to say, how do we want to say his name? Here's the problem. I love the IT crowd, and if anybody's listening to this from America or whatever who hasn't seen Father Ted, it is probably the best thing Ireland has ever produced. And in a way, we mm. kind of didn't because it was you know kind of Channel Four in England. But look, it was funded by Channel Four, but it was you know Irish writer director and then an Irish exactly. cast for an sure. Irish TV station turned it down because it was too blasphemous against the church but it yes. is <laughs> exactly. three series or four series it is one of the funniest sitcoms you will ever see it is completely quotable it is not aged at all like it's so good I would implore anybody if they hear this podcast go find Father Ted and watch it all it is oh, tremendous and a lot of it's just available either online through clips and, and like on YouTube where you, if you've got that four player, like they just have all of it there just on tap for free. Um, and what's sort of fascinating about that is uh, that the, the um, I thought that the that humor would be too silly and Irish for, you know, international audiences to get. But I've sent that to like, you know, colleagues in the US and they're like, how is this show only three seasons? And I'm like, well, you know, aside from the lead actor dying, this guy only does three or four seasons per show anyway. It's very much like a quit while you're ahead kind of a setup. Like, it's not beaten to death. That's why I think as well it has such a positive lasting you know, memory, you know, for people because it just, everything is just flawless about it because it's so well. Each episode is deliberate and funny and it has its own little, you know, sort of specific story behind it. It doesn't age. Ah, oh, going to watch some after this. Here's, and I know you're going to crucify me for this, ironic, but 
that Transformers comic I'm always talking about. There's an episode How did we get to this? where there's like they go to a sitcom world. There's a priest they meet, and the priest called Father Ted. Is it? Oh, that be serious. There's Are you serious? one of the episodes. One of the Transformers. He's obsessed with Earth culture because he spent a bit of time on Earth. So he, he no like way. collapses, and they have to go into his brain. It's a whole thing. But basically, his whole brain is a construction of just sitcoms. So they're in the friend's house. There's a guy called Father Ted who lives across the house from them. There's a, a guy from yeah. community in it, and so it's just it's an amazing issue. Oh wow! But Father Ted, like to see that in a kind of American style comic is crazy and amazing. That's like um, the famous Easter egg in GTA Five. You can come across two lads holding signs, and they say, you know, down with that sort of thing. In Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Speaking of amazing Easter eggs in video games, Rob, you oh sent me a picture this week that oh blew God, yes. my mind. Tell it to the listeners. <laughs> so I don't know how I came across this, but you know, you know, when you go deep, deep down the rabbit hole on you know social media on on the internets, and I think I was on some sort of thread that was just video game facts and sort of trivia and stuff. And all this one was was just a screen grab of the original Assassin's Creed, and he's like hanging from a windowsill. And the first line of it is just like, stare at that windowsill and see if something comes to mind. And I was like, oh, that does look like a familiar shape. But like, all it just looks like is like, you know, trellises and shutters and things. Uh, and then I then I just read the second line. It's just like, this is the front sort of portion of Optimus Prime, Prime's truck. It's his. It's the exact shape of his, that front face of the of the carriage. And I was like, oh my, what? Wait a minute. Has that been in the game the whole time? And then I looked up like videos to confirm. Like that's just been in the game across plastered across buildings and i never pegged it sent it to ross and i was like i didn't even give him the full thing i just gave him the picture and i was like what springs to mind here when you look at this and you're like oh my fucking god that's out of his mind and you're I like i couldn't believe it you were like there's look this is assassin's creed one and i was like well that's optimus prime <laughs> i was like, so random why is that in there it didn't explain that part by the way it just goes yeah so assassin's creed there's optimus prime anyway next fact i was like uh what what is what's like, what a here? clever clever way to hide it like it is just the front of optimus prime but it's a door it's a, like a an old shop kind of front it's so cleverly yeah, yeah. done because you can't mistake mm. it for anything else but if you you wouldn't see it unless you're kind of like hey wait a second oh no like but like i've played that game and sure like i wasn't paying attention and to be fair like it doesn't it doesn't look out of place in the whole geography of the thing it was like because it just the photo was framed it was just like just look at this window you're like oh my god okay now i see it so that, those kinds of stuff are that's that's a lot of fun when they stick that kind of stuff in there it's like in the last of us where you go to the toy shop in one of the episodes in one of the levels um this is a bit a bit more obvious but like all the board games are actually designed to look like the covers of previous uncharted games it's like uncharted the board game you know when they do like very and things like jack that. and daxter yes like, that's just good fun. Yeah, I really like when they do that in games. Hey there, I'm Tara. And I'm Jessica. And together we co-host the podcast Three Spooked Girls. If you love the paranormal. Or murder. Join us on Mondays for full-length episodes where we discuss our favorite paranormal stories and true crime cases. And join us again on Thursdays for our mini-sodes called Stabby Snippets, where we tell you all about true crimes happening in the news. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, wherever the hell else you listen to your pods at. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by using the handle at Three Spooked Girls. Come and hang out with us and get your spooky on while we scare the hell out of you. Rob, shall we move on to a segment we played before and are now going to play again? 
Okay. So, hello. This segment we call I could do this all day. You can save a cow. You can save all of them. One shall stand, one shall fall. I can do this all day. Fight. <laughs> Basically, we pit various movie characters against each other in fights. Now, we reached out mm. to Twitter, and you guys provided so many, so, so many amazing uh, options for us. So we're going to go through three of them today. And Rob, one of them came in today, and it's specifically, I want to hear your views on this, because you're a big Mission Impossible fan. I think oh you God. might be able to handle this better than, than I will. So, the one that came in today is... Black Widow versus, and I'm going to get okay, this name wrong because I always pronounce it wrong. Is it Ilsa, Ilsa Faust? Is that her name? Ilsa Faust. Ilsa Faust. There you go. I actually really like that one. I think it's amazing. I actually think it's such a good. Yeah, no, like I'm, I'm a bit stumped here in terms of like, I'm trying to, like I'm doing that thing where I'm cycling through sort of their sort of catalog of moves. I'm like, okay, which person would, you know, defeat the other? I just, I just want to say about our thanks to that's just Joe and that's at the Feenster who sent that in. So thank you very much. Thanks, Joe, but only just. Listen, hey, I am. Um, I have to have a think about this here. So for the background of these people, obviously people are probably very, very familiar with Black Widow, I would hope, from the MCU. Um, one of the original six for the Avengers. Um, Russian spy, uh, incredibly skilled. Um then Ilsa Faust is uh, an MI6 operative in the Mission Impossible universe who enters the franchise, I think, from the fifth one, I think it's from Rogue Nation she appears. Yes, Rogue Nation. Um, and she's, like, I, like, there's a lot of mystery around her when she's introduced as a character, and she's great, and she's got, a, like, a checkered past as well, kind of similar to Black Widow. In terms of their sort of, you know, their skill sets, my like, my gut reaction, as you said, those two was... Black Widow takes it because <laughs> she's fucking taken on aliens and all sorts of things and, and survived. Um, like, Ilsa's got that of tight pinches, but more often than not, it's not just been by herself, and she's had fucking Ethan Hunt helping her along the way as well. Not that she can't handle herself, but you get a lot of help when Ethan Hunt is, like, just winging it and kind of helping you out of, like, a crazy situation. I would use that exact point against you and say that Ilsa would win because... Black Widow has been coasting on having like the Hulk beside her and Iron Man and all these super incredibly mm. powerful characters. Whereas Ilsa doesn't have that. Sure, Ethan Hunt is there, but like he's not the Hulk. Or I mean, he's yeah, he's just Iron a man Man. at the end of the day. Or is he just he's, a man? Is he just a man? I mean, that's unconfirmed at this point. That's, yeah, that's Mission Impossible 7 might confirm this, but it's doubtful. Oh, no, I just mean like Tom Cruise. I don't think, I don't think he's just a man. That's relevant true, of what the character is. <laughs> But, like, I, I think she's had to rely on her own wits and abilities. And her guile. Maybe a lot. I think, I think Black Widow's gotten... She's gotten a bit... I don't want to say lazy, but she will rely on the others. Okay, because what, what I'm trying to do, you see, is I'm trying to think of examples where both of them have gotten out of really tight pinches against what you would think are superior foes. And then also times where maybe they've purely survived on the basis of significant intervention from another hero or a good guy. So think about Mission Impossible... Franchise fallout she takes out the very end spoiler she takes out the bad guy while also protecting benji that's true so she does that by herself without any eaten eaten hunt intervention at all i suppose if we were to t- if we were to strip it like back 
I'm, I'm saying strip the topic back. I'm not saying strip the ladies. I was I'm like, saying, man, that can't be your one. The one I, I, fight we I have between two women and you start this shit like. I know. Listen, I, what I'm saying is, is like if you were to take it down to their, their just their intelligence, their hand-to-hand combat, don't give, like, because if, I feel like Black Widow gets these silly gadgets that don't really, like, she gets like, like electric batons and things that, like, does she really use them? Put them hand-to-hand combat, just the two of them facing it off. Who, like you know in the same way that it was just sort of her sort of um going toe-to-toe with a uh, hawkeye just before she jumped to her death that kind of just no f- f- pricking about just kind of like if it was just her one-on-one with someone who is also a person how would she fare i feel like she has a lot of she's really able to like kind of trick her way out of a situation but then on a comparison ilsa faust has that super jump up spin around your shoulders and strangle you move that she does uh, multiple times in in rogue nation she does one of those in black widow there's no going back she'll be looking backwards for the rest of her life with her head turned around like that i'm going for for ilsa faust that's not i'm going for um that's my that's that's i, I just think she, i think she's gonna i prefer be. ilsa so i'd go with ilsa as well i think i think she to your point maybe she has just if you go by the movie she's held her own more certainly yeah. like i suppose less interference from ethan and if anything she's probably she saved him actually oh my god i just realized that she saves him in the bathroom in the other one the, yes yes she's a franchise she's a franchise saver and not only does that guy like that guy beats up henry cavill and tom cruise so well, yeah but she guy, shot him with a gun so that's that's not a fair comparison that my henry cavill's superman all right he can withstand <laughs> bullets so that's the logic i'm working on here so that i'm, mm. I'm gonna give it to ilsa it's up okay, to you if you want to stay with black widow but you'll be wrong i never committed do. to her i was just trying to think like has she to your point maybe it's been i never committed to her <laughs> Ooh, let's not touch that nerve um uh, next question maybe let's give it to ilsa so we're, gi- we're giving that one to ilsa okay okay i'm going to move on to the next one we have there's there's so so many here so i'm just going to have to pick one at absolute random let's see what the first one here is this one is from the guys the good guys good friends are as well from uh grief burrito and that's at grief burrito so the t800 from terminator 2 oh versus dutch from Predator. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I took this one. This is very much your wheelhouse. So I need you to drive this conversation here. Certainly from a Predator knowledge standpoint. Everyone is going to automatically go, well, obviously the Terminator, like the T-800, is going to beat Dutch and Predator because he's a Terminator and Dutch is just a man, right? Mm-hmm. But by that logic, are you saying that a lone Terminator is going to beat a lone Predator. Because Dutch beats a Predator. So, like, which is better? Is It's like a paper, rock, scissors situation that's going on here. Ah, you've thought about this one. Could he take him on? I just, I feel like, because the T2 version is just so impossibly indestructible versus a man. It just seems like he would ultimately lose, <laughs> particularly if it's like it's it's also the same man sort of from a build <laughs> and, you know, kind of look standpoint. So if you're literally just think of like just just to think of like the skill set, the build, the, the apparent strength. But then one of them has an exo like obviously a metal skeleton and is built like a tank versus the other guy who's just built like a superhuman. 
I, I would still drift towards that T800. I have two important counterpoints. Oh, God. You always do. The first one. Who is the bigger body count? T800 and Terminator 2 or Dutch and Predator? Uh, Dutch, presumably. Dutch and Predator, hands down. And using this logic, because it says specifically the T800 from T2. Okay. Well, the T800 from T2 doesn't kill humans. Oh... My. So Dutch is essentially home free. Sure, he'll get roughed up a bit. He'll get his like, you know, he'll, if he's wearing a gas mask, the Terminator will shoot him in the stomach and take his gas mask off, <laughs> shoot him in the leg, whatever, a few times. But he ain't gonna kill him. But Dutch, on the other hand, Dutch is gonna he's gonna get two two big pieces of log, <laughs> tie them up in the balls, and let them loose right on that Terminator's head. <laughs> he's gonna wear some mud. So then the Terminator's red vision can only just see... Because look, Dutch avoided the Predator's vision by wearing mud. And the Terminator's vision looks a lot like the Predator's vision. <laughs> so surely that'll work too, right? You've thought about this extensively. I feel like this is... This is... Uh, I, I don't know, just like it's fate that this question would be asked of you. Because you have all the right... It's like you have you've had the battle cards for these characters for years, and you've had like their skill sets and their weaknesses just laid bare. There is bare. no fate, but what we make. <laughs> the quote Leo Varadkar. I, I was going. I was like, is that a Terminator quote? <laughs> it is a Terminator quote, and of course, the Irish Taoiseach Leo Varadkar quoted this yeah. in one of his lockdown speeches. I mean, fair play to him. At least he's making it interesting. By comparison, over here we're getting. So you can go outside, but don't but don't go outside. But you can go outside. And go to work, but you should only go to work if you can go to work. Can you go to work? <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> Look, stay alert. That's all I'll say. Just stay alert. Keep on the lookout. I'm, I'm for trying. that pesky virus. Oh, anyway. These are so great. We're going to give it to the T-800 or Dutch. What are you thinking? I'm thinking I'm thinking Dutch all the way, man. Dutch all the you, way. Well, obviously, you've sales pitched the arse out of this for Dutch. So I'll... I'll, I'll you <laughs> sales pitched the arse out of this. Good God, is this Wolf of Wall Street here? <laughs> I'll give it to Dutch. I mean, I said I, I think Dutch will win. That's what I mean to say. <laughs> no, you said it too late now. You said a few drinks in your man, and that's all it takes. <laughs> just, just one dusty is all it takes. One more, and this one, I absolutely adore this one. Okay, I'm excited. Travis Bickle versus Arthur Fleck. And that's in from the guys at the movie seller, which is at the movie seller. So thanks everybody for it. So that's Travis Bickle from uh, Taxi Driver versus Arthur Fleck, which is of course the Joker, the Joker from the Joker. Oh, will we do a treat? Okay, so we've discussed the other ones in Lent and given our, our thoughts first. We just do a three, two, one, and say each of us say who we think is going to win this one. I, I'm I'm mulling over. Okay, yeah, well, let's just go for it. Let's just go for it. Three, two, one. Travis, Travis Bickle. Bickle. Okay. Ah, oh, boom. See, yeah, he's he's got he's got this. Because he's, he's more of a killer to me. I feel that. Do you ever see those videos? Now, this is a bit of an odd one. Do you ever see those videos? Oh no! Where is this going? Of, like a killer whale toying with a seal, and it's just toying with a seal, and it's just flipping it about on on like an on an ice float or something. But what ends up happening is that from all the playfulness, the seal ultimately actually gets away. I feel like that's the Arthur Fleck Fleck approach to a lot of things. He toys with people. He, like, okay, yes, he definitely has killed people. I'm not, I'm not begrudging him that credit, but, <laughs> but, oh, he, he's definitely killed people. But is he as clinical or as kind of just brutal and ruthless as Travis Bickle is? By comparison, I think he toys with people. I think a great example is like where the Dark Knight version, where you know, 
is that Arthur Fleck, let's just, we're saying the Joker here, I guess. You know, the way, like, he'll, he'll make a scene, like, he'll, he'll rig two boats full of explosives, but he never ultimately pulls the trigger he expects other people to. Or, uh, I, I always love the scene of Jack Nicholson in, um, uh, in the museum where he's like destroying all the artwork but he doesn't kill anybody he just kind of knocks them out or at least i don't think that's killer gas is it <laughs> maybe it is actually um, it probably is it's more the game for him as opposed to the, the defeating i feel that would be my lens yeah no i mean like so i'm going to take for this one i'm purely just going to take the film the joker and because he's very much consistently called arthur fleck in that but I don't think that he's very intimidating by the end, like physically or anything. Mm-hmm. Whereas Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver was in like the Marines and stuff like that. And by the end of it, like he's doing crazy push-ups and crazy sit-ups and that a day. Like he's properly ready. And to... is he more unhinged, I feel, by the end? Like if we take the end of the, the characters at the end of both films, Travis Bickle strikes me as just more unhinged at that point. But Travis Bickle kind of makes his way back into like, oh, he's done something decent by helping uh, that 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 little girl. Mm. I want to say Natalie Portman, but I don't think it is Jodie Foster, isn't it? Oh anyway. yeah, wait, is it? Yeah, it's and not he helps Natalie. her, so he's kind of come back into reality a little bit. Where by the end of the Joker, I'm like, oh, uh, oh, maybe it never happened at all, and like, yeah, whatever. Um, but I still think, I still think Travis Bickle put them against each other in in a, in, a, in a cage. Yeah. So what's the scenario here? What 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 other tools? What do they do? What have they got? You see, if you're going to give him the whole city, the Joker, Arthur Fleck is going to take it because he'll 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 make his way, chaos and all that will go in his favor, and he'll do. Oh it. yeah, he'll create anarchy and he'll survive it. He'll do something. Something will happen. Some guy will kill Travis Bickle for him, and he won't even have to get his hands dirty. But I think Travis Bickle would have to very specifically have a small set of circumstances in mind for him to come out on top. But if you were to just get the two of them right here in my room. Your dream. You'd be just like, oh my, how do we make that happen? (laughs) I mean, would I dream? That that would be a bad, bad place for me to be. But I think if they were just to wrestle it out just right here with nothing else, I think Travis Bickle would take it. Yes. From a physical standpoint, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's a difficult one because they're not, that's not, it's like, there's a there's a lot of complexity to those guys, but at the same time, we're at the, there, there's not like a specific ability that like is a call out there. It's just like depending on the circumstances or their environment, that's when they're the, the champions. They're dominating that one. Um, there's yeah. less of a, an ability that just carries over regardless of where they are. To your point, here is the thing: could the Joker like convince Travis to like lean to his cause almost? So okay, so that's interesting. Because that's just like the way we were saying, oh, well, surely Chucky would destroy Pennywise because he just knifed the shit out of him. But what if Pennywise influenced someone ultimately, like depending on how much time he had, you know, it's the same, you know, Arthur Fleck, well, he's he's a networker. He's he's, he's a good, yeah, like yeah. he'll, he rec- he'd recruit yeah. people to do his bidding. And that would be the ultimate, that'd be the ultimate defeat. Like, uh, like Travis Bickle goes in thinking he's going to just demolish this guy but not only does he lose he actually gets converted he becomes one of his subordinates he becomes the new Joker <gasps> that's what would happen that it's is what all part happen. of the same universe wouldn't it be amazing if at the end of the Joker he just hops into a taxi and it's <laughs> and it's just it's... and he says hey driver yeah <laughs> I'm going to pay you in some De Niro <laughs> and your name is Robert oh my god it's all it's all making sense right now. It really this does. This is a Charlie Day pointing at the mail moment. Oh, 
He's like, I was just on a talk show. You look remarkably like, you look like a younger version of the guy I was speaking to earlier yeah. today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I actually, I couldn't make this homage any more obvious. I'm even going to have you in the film that I'm homaging in inverted commas because it's a complete ripoff. Anyway, um, right. Thank you to everybody for sending your suggestions. Yeah. Keep those coming because they're, they're, they're just a nice way of just getting the creative juices flowing. There's so much more on that trade. Oh, I, I, uh, that's a great one. But we'll keep going. Look, if you have any more people, please send them in. We're going to be doing TV, TV ones and stuff as well. One of my friends mm. sent me an amazing one for TV characters that I can't wait to get to. But we might do comic ones and stuff as well. So video game ones. We'll do the whole gambit. That's a comic book reference. Just Gambit. Just Gambit against everyone. Yeah, yeah. From the X-Men. Throw those cards, Gambit. Oh, it's like Gambit versus James Bond at Casino Royale. (laughs) Gambit, he's just going to rig all the cards. He Um, just throws the cards at him. (laughs) Straight, yeah, yeah, here, take that. (laughs) Done. Um, Right, Rob, should we do, uh, I say we're just about ready to end this show, but should we Mm. do that one last segment that we usually do? Ah, Of course, yeah, we might as well squeeze that one in. Right, do you want to introduce it so? Yeah, so this is this is like a world famous segment that I formatted, I I scripted, produced, co-directed. It's called Hey Ray Ross, Hey Ross, look at these. It's very good. I like how you said it's your segment and then a co-directed. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of inconsistencies, not just for this segment, but for the entire show. It's kind of what we do. Uh, botched, botched recordings included. But um, yeah, so I sent a clip. This is the segment where I just, normally me, if I think of one, if I forget, Ross is normally on it, so he'll send me a video clip instead. And basically, I send him just a random clip um, out of context, typically from a terrible movie. And I just try him, I just try him to get, I try to get him to make any sense of it. It's like, what was the point of it? Why did they do this? What do you think their thoughts and concerns were when they decided this was the right thing to do? With this few minutes of valuable screen time that we have. This this scene costs money. Yeah. So, Ross, why don't you take it away? Do you want to describe to the gang what you uh, what you went through today? So, today you sent me, and as soon as, as you sent it and I saw the message, I audibly shrugged to myself, sighed, and went, oh, great. Because it was Once Upon a Time in the West, which is, of course, set uh, oh, oh, no, 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 no. A million times, a million ways. <laughs> a million ways to die in the West. I always get that wrong. Once Upon a Time in the West is an amazing classic spaghetti western. But A Million Ways to Die in the West is the uh, Seth MacFarlane directed mm. and starring in film with Liam Neeson and stuff as well and Neil Patrick Harris and Charlize Theron. It is terrible. It's such yeah. a bad movie. The scene you sent me essentially has Neil Patrick Harris's character kind of insulting Seth MacFarlane and then Charlize Theron is like, okay, I'll show you how good I am with pistols. She shoots a few things and then Seth MacFarlane and Neil Patrick Harris challenge each other to a duel. Now, this clip is online in a segment that you're led to believe is obviously going to be full of jokes and full of yeah. humorous bits and like Correct. little ha 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 ha. And I couldn't, I couldn't find any. There's one of the characters, Neil Patrick Harris, says something, and obviously because it's set in the olden times, he says it in a certain way. And everybody laughs and all that. And ha 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 ha. And Seth MacFarlane's character, because obviously he wrote it and stuff, he can be the only intelligent character in the thing. He has to be like, oh, what are you laughing at? What's funny? He, he just said a phrase. What's so funny about that? And nobody in the crowd knows what's funny. And it's just, none of it makes sense. None of it's, I can't perceive uh, how any of it would be considered funny. <laughs> it was I one, love like, how you called out that moment specifically, because it's such a 
bitter irony that one of the jokes that's a very silly moment and then he just goes what's so funny about that like what's what's so funny about that as if to say well everything up until this point has been hilarious but the beautiful the terrible irony is that it's really flat because the movie is fighting itself from the get-go it's supposed to be like obviously an ode to westerns but it's a, it's a wacky comedy but then you've got this guy with this this fucking massachusetts accent just blazing around the wild west he doesn't look anything like he should fit in there he sort of gives himself the really riffy kind of witty intelligent lines like you say but they do not land because they're at odds with the environment they've set up neil patrick harris has given it his all to make it a bit funny the only funny bit actually in there is that he makes this weird groan every time he finishes a sentence yes because i was like is that was that me like ventriloquizing (laughs) that noise onto the screen oh god but it's weird because it's as if it's as if he knew when he said the line that this isn't landing so then he went after it he just like it doesn't even focus on it you can just Mm. kind of audibly hear him say it every time he finishes a line well like it's it i think the reason i use that one is it's like that that's example of like a guy makes a really successful tv show so he's able to he's able to make a, a relatively low budget comedy film, and that also be as a success. So that's Ted. He made Ted. That was such a success that obviously just gave him, gave him free reign to make whatever movie he wanted to, with a ridiculously expensive cast for what it is. So like you'd wonder, you know, what is this movie supposed to be? Well, unfortunately, it's a guy who specializes in very bitty episodes that that the comedy is is shaped around vignettes, contextless comedy. Yeah. Yeah, so when you think about like how a Family Guy episode works, sometimes there'll be a reference to like or like a like a, remember we did that time this other thing happened, and then ten minutes will be spent on that joke, this memory, and you know it doesn't really resolve itself. It just goes to something else. There's a lot of incoherence in the film as a result, and he tries to splice all those bits together with this very wacky Wild Westy kind of situational comedy does not pay off. The whole sketch is like is based that little bit I said to you is based around oh. Nobody has seen a dollar bill before. Can you imagine seeing a dollar bill? But why, when they're ta- why, why would they think that was a funny thing to talk and about? That's the whole bit. Like, it keeps getting referenced and it keeps getting brought back up. And, and like, again, he's the only one to be like, what, why is everybody being weird about this? It's like, you, you asshole, you wrote this. Like, don't... That's the... It's amazingly ironic. He's giving out about how bad the humor is in his own movie that has bad humor. It's a perfect example of this exact segment of a perfect little clip that you show to be like, somebody released this clip thinking this would be a good preview of this film and everything <laughs> about it is bad. Well, did you miss the blink and you'll miss it cameo? I clearly did, yes. You're, this is going to kill, this is also why I want to use this clip as well. Because this movie is chock-a-block full of like famous actors with smaller parts. So like Sarah Silverman has a minor role in it. Uh, Liam Neeson is the baddie. Um... Liam Neeson is the baddie in there. Ryan Reynolds appears very briefly in one scene and Liam Neeson kills him. Like it's but Hugh McGregor is in that clip that I sent you. What where? <laughs> He's in it. The bit where he goes, What's so funny about that? And then a guy goes, I don't know, I was just laughing because he was laughing. That Hugh McGregor, that's him. That's oh Hugh McGregor. God, I thought that. he sounded Irish. I was like, that guy sounds very Irish or something. <laughs> Do you not think he sounds Irish? That was that's weird. I don't think he looks ridiculously out of place. He's like really groomed and tanned and handsome in comparison Rob, to the, the other the, greasy. The, the absolute lack of attention I was paying to that scene once you sent it to me is, I'm not going to lie to you, man. It, it took a lot for me to even watch it. So I know, I figured. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to lie about that. It's just, look, I'll put the clip up on YouTube. I, I mightn't because it's awful. <laughs> but anyway. It's terrible. Yeah. I, like, yeah, you don't necessarily want to promote the movie, but I just think that's such 
like that's a perfect microcosm of how messy that film is there's like a random cameo in there he's slagging his own jokes even though the original humor isn't funny um it's just a weird like he's like he's like very modern american against all these over-the-top old-fashioned because he gets to be the cool guy then you know he gets to be the clever well this is ridiculous yeah yeah. oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, it's awful and it's an awful film so don't watch it but guys i guess (sighs) this brings us to the end the end of our show (sighs) yes again sour note oh my god yeah always got to leave it on a sour note you know thanks everybody for sticking with us thanks for listening I hope you've enjoyed it oh god keep getting in <laughs> Jesus Christ Rob nice keep getting in touch keep uh, sending in like movie fights and stuff like that oh um, please yeah yeah <laughs> Rob where can the people find us if you're if you're still alive over there I took a choking <laughs> on your own vomit <laughs> no just I swallowed too much dutty that's all that happened um, never recommended <laughs> um, yeah lo- loads of loads of sources uh best place to start let me think uh soundcloud um spotify uh, itunes you know those podcasting tools this is the regular ones for listening to all the episodes because that's where they get uploaded first and they're you know he's a streamer also on a load of other apps like uh i think we're on google podcast now and uh we're on a uh, pod nation or pod 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 chaser we're part of the pod nation group on pod chaser it's like a, it's like a, an app collective there we're on TuneIn, Podtail, of course and we also have the website um, that we maintain as well that's got the episodes on there with some other additional little tidbits of content so that's capunderstands.com uh, and you can also reach us uh, through that website at the lads at capunderstands.com how about that isn't that amazing <laughs> what Jesus and then um, Ross also curates our Twitter uh, that's also at capunderstands on Twitter can you believe it okay we're all over the place guys we're everywhere yeah, you're wearing your blue jumper sister Assumpta uh, <laughs> and with that bombshell All that's left to say is that I've been Ross. And uh, I've been Rob. And this has been I Understood That Reference. Thanks so much for listening. You're a great owl, Yoke. Have a dozen. Sister or something. Sister or something. (laughs) You fell out of a helicopter. (laughs)